just share a, a briefly with you, if that's okay with you, just a brief word. Um, I would like to say that I have come to the conclusion that I will, will be uh, someone who will be relevant, let me say, in the sense of acknowledging some things that are going on. Uh, I told you I read this book once. It was talking about uh, the church during World War II. It says the Pentecostals were so uh, just enjoying the Holy Ghost, they never even mentioned the war in their services. And that really convicted me, and I thought, wow, we should be relevant. We should talk about the things that are going on in our world. The, the, the prophets of God talked about things that were going on in their world. It, it, they weren't like we are today, uh, totally afraid to deal with those things. But they were hearing from God, and that's the key. You must hear from God. And uh, whatever it takes to hear from God, I want us to do that. I, I have determined that I am going to understand and I'm going to know and experience what it means to be a diligent seeker of God. I want to do that. But I don't want that just for me. I want it for you. A, a number of years ago, a brother in the Lord said, he said to me, you can't be hungry for people. He was sort of giving me a bit of a rebuke because I, I wanted to be hungry for you. I wanted uh, those who knew the Lord to, to desire the more of the Lord. I wanted them to be voracious. Uh, you know, that's a, a, a better term than greedy. But I wanted them to be voracious. I wanted them to just really go after God. And uh, so that's what I want to be. I want to be a diligent seeker. It's, the scripture tells us that uh, for without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is, what is that? A rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So I, I think that if we have not seen the reward of God, that means that we have not been diligent seekers. And that's not to condemn anyone, but that is to encourage you, greatly encourage you, and, and uh, if you can handle it or challenge you to be a diligent seeker. The scripture says, I, God says in Jeremiah chapter 29, he says, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of good and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. And he said, then you will seek me and what? Find me when what? You search for me. You will seek me and you will find me when you search for me with how much of your heart? All of your heart. So God has given us some amazing promises that we will actually find a new and deeper relationship with God. Sure, you're safe. Sure, you know Jesus. But the, the difference perhaps looks like a little child knowing the parent and somebody who has been through something. Now, you've been through something. You thought maybe your parents weren't so smart and you have gone through so much and then you've come to the conclusion, wow, mom and dad are a lot smarter than I thought. You know, that's what God wants to do for us. He wants to give us a deeper and abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have that relationship with Jesus Christ totally offered to us and given to us. And now from, from that relationship, we will know the Father. We cannot know the Father except we know him through Jesus Christ. And so let us seek for that. I wanted to just share briefly with you, as I said, uh, from the message I was giving on Sunday for the love of God. It was, uh, so part two, I just wanted to look at these scriptures uh, uh, again, just quickly. The scripture in Romans 5.5, 5, I just want to elaborate a little bit on the scripture, Romans 5.5. 5. It is very, um, it's imperative. It's important, but yes, it's imperative that you and I, if we're going to, 
to be usable in this complex day, this complex hour. We can't bring our old stuff. We're going to have to bring a new dimension of the love of God. We can't bring the old stuff. In athletics, there's so many lessons to be learned in athletics. You find guys, for example, they are maybe whether it's basketball or football, they have what they call moves. And uh, if you, after you play for a guy, with, with somebody for a while, you know their moves. You know when they do that, they're not really going to go to the right. They're trying to trick you to go to the left. And so when they do that, you, you pretend maybe that you're going to go there, but you block them. You stop them from what they're doing. And so the enemy knows all of our moves. He knows all of our, our whatever those things that we do to try to get things going, maybe to create something, to whip something up. But this is some move he's never known. He has never known how to combat or to counter the love of God. He has never known how to do that. And if you and I are going to really be a part of what God is doing, we have to understand and be vessels where the love of God operates through us. I said in the, in the 830 service last Sunday that those of us who refuse to go on with God, refuse to lay down our own agendas, re, refuse to lay down our own plans, refuse to lay down what we are comfortable with, we're going to find that God is going to empty us out. We're going to be emptied out. And th what does that mean? It means that you and I will not really have a place in the functioning church of Jesus Christ. We won't have a place because if we keep refusing, what is God going to do with those who refuse him? The scripture says we should not refuse him who speaks from heaven. Amen. Amen. So you and I must not refuse God. We must come into this place where we actually walk in the love of God. And I gave you last Sunday, I won't repeat much of it, but, uh, but I, g I gave you uh, two examples of how God had come to me for the, the, the former president, President Trump, had come to me twice uh, and uh, to, it just basically woke me up and I was praying for him. I was praying as I woke up. It was, not, it was not like he woke me up to have me to pray, but my spirit man was praying. So that says that my spirit man was yielded to God. It totally yielded to God. So I pray that you and I would, uh, would uh, of our own volition, that we would say by our own will, say, God, I give you myself in a dimension that you can take me to where when I'm awake and conscious, I don't want to go. All right. Are you, are you following that? So a lot of times we're not blessed by God because we don't want to go there. I, I was so blessed when our sister, I, blessed, I was blessed with all of your praying, all of your praying. But I was blessed with Sister Elizabeth when she mentioned Stacey Abrams. Not because it wasn't a political thing. I told you on Sunday in that service that God said it was not about Democrats and Republicans. It is not about them. And some of us want to make that. But it is not about them. It, it is about justice and righteousness, which can only be exemplified through the church, through the people of God. Not through church goers, but through the real church. Amen. Amen. So the scripture that I wanted to just share briefly, <clears throat> Romans 5, 5, he says, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Isn't it amazing that God, this generous God has given us himself, the Holy Spirit. He has, the Holy Spirit is God. So if you and I say, well, I can't, I can't. 
that is not the truth. You can. Why? Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you have the life of Jesus Christ in you. That means you can do all things through Christ. You can do all things that God requires through Christ. You can do it. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And so let's walk in that. He says, he says um, the, whole, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. So with the, this means that the love of God has been copiously given to you. So God was very magnanimous. He poured out generously the love of God. He lavished you with his love. So when he comes, when he expects you to love, where is that? Where is that? Where is that love of God that the church should have? Where is that love of God? So I want to encourage you to be that vessel, that, that vessel uh, in whom the love of God has been poured out by the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not for, ooh, ooh, ooh. that was good. That's not what the Holy Spirit is, is just for. That, that's sort of a, uh, the overflow. That's not the, the, the intention. The intention is that you might demonstrate this amazing love to those who are without God and those who are struggling. You are to present this great love. And the best place that this love can be shown is toward those who are in opposition to God and therefore in opposition to you. Those who don't show you love, that you should show them love. It's not a challenge, as the scripture says, to show love to those uh, who love you. Amen. I know we all love that safe zone, don't we? But you and I are to show love to those who are unlovely. Um, <clears throat> let me... Uh, go to another scripture here. Uh, I want to say that God loves everybody. And sometimes when we see God doing certain things or saying things in the scripture, we sometimes perhaps wonder, well, does God, does God uh, uh, love everybody? And I've heard even theologians get mixed up on that. But God loves everybody. Uh, in Ezekiel 33, 11, he says, say to them, Ezekiel 33:11. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God does not delight in the downfall of the wicked. He does not. And he has shown me his heart, and I would to God that I could convey it like I've seen it. That there's this place, uh, it's a place in God where there is nothing, as it were, but love. You know, Paul tells us that now abides three things faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so we sometimes think of some kind of carnal love, you know, like, oh, how you feel when somebody says, I love you. Oh, I feel so great. <sighs> but there's a place in God where everything that we know of God, all of his attributes come out of a place of love. God is love. And when you are in that place, you are totally and fully complete. There, there, there's, there's no um, lack in that place. As a matter of fact, you're so whole that you have need of nothing else. 
And this is what God wants us to dispense. We are to be not only dispensers of mercy, as I've taught for many years, but we are to be dispensers of the love of God. So when people are near us, around us, or interact with us, they know something supernatural has happened. This love that I'm talking about is a supernatural love. And now the church has a, a perfect opportunity to dispense this love to others, but we cannot have our own agenda. The church has been filled with agendas, but we cannot have our own agendas and have this kind of love. We cannot have our own will and our own way and, and uh, dispense this kind of love. So let me uh, move to Psalm 45. He says, your throne, O God, verse 6, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. So he shows us the eternality of God, and he says, your throne is forever and ever. Let's see what else he says. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. And the only people group on this planet that, that can express this amazing righteousness this right response to God and right response to others, this uprightness that, that is always vertical toward God. And if I'm properly related to God, I will always be properly related to these on my level, that is horizontally. This is what God expects. This is what God expects of the, of the church in 2021. We have an amazing opportunity, not only in our nation, but in the world to show the Lord. It is amazing um, that after uh, last evening, I, I got, I mean, I've, I've been getting texts, and, um, and these texts are, are about the election and a lot of false things about it, about the election. Sometimes some of us have private information that even the government doesn't have. <laughs> you know, and the government doesn't have it. The previous government and the present government, they didn't have it and the court systems don't have it, but somehow you got some secret information and you didn't get it even from the Holy Ghost. And so that's shameful. So we cannot be that, that kind of people, manipulated. See, the love of God and my focus on God will not allow me to be manipulated. God won't allow it. But if I have my own agenda, he may have to use that to get my attention. In Amos 5, verse 15 he says hate evil love good what hate evil love good establish justice in the gate it may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious to the remnant of Joseph and this is what he's saying he's not saying hate people so don't hate people let us not hate people some of us have so ruined the good name of Christianity that people don't want to be Christian because of our behavior you can hate evil without hating the person without hating the person. Let me um, look at Luke eleven forty-two. Luke eleven forty-two. He says, but woe to you Pharisees. Now these were religious folks. The Pharisees were very religious. Um, they were the, the, the ones who uh, were, were always uh, talking about the law of God and, and upholding the law of God, you know, always doing that. That's what, those are the Pharisees, you know, the, the scribes would interpret and they were uh, those who spoke it out loud. But he says, woe to you. So this, is, this says to me that we can be a, a, a really a devout church goer and miss God. But you can't be a real Christian and miss God. 
You know, so when you come to, to the Lord, we have to lay down our own agendas, lay down our own plans, and, and yield to God. Wouldn't it be wonderful to say, God, I'm not going to say anything that you're not saying. I'm not going to, to listen to anything uh, with my ears that you're not speaking. I won't say and I won't hear those things. But this is what he says to the religious establishment. For you tithe mint and ruin all manner of herbs and pass by justice and the love of God. Can you imagine being a Christian, but you don't love people who don't love you, don't like you, but you, you have no love for them? You just, you want to pray those imprecatory prayers, you know, like, smite my enemy on the cheekbone, Lord. You know, like, just knock their teeth out, God, and cause them to swallow them, you know. Those are the kinds of prayers. You know, let them be desolate and have no food in the house and no way to get any, you know. We can't pray against people like that, even those who are in opposition to us. But he says, woe to you. Why? Why? Because you do all the religious, the outward religious things. You are, he says, you do all the outward religious things, but you pass by the, the, the essence of religion. You pass by the, the, the justice and the love of God. You just ignore that, and you think that your religiosity is enough. So God says no. And I say this because I see it all the time. I see it all the time. And I think we should be different. Now, but, but the Lord Jesus says, these you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. What Jesus is saying, that yes, do those religious duties that you have. Um, do, do those things, but don't pass over justice and the love of God. I, I've been just really amazed recently because sometimes when we, in the 21st century, when we talk about justice, our mind goes back to uh, what is called social justice and, and minorities and all of that, that. Our minds go that. But I don't think that's the only thing that God is talking about. What he is talking about is that because we are Jesus people, where, wherever we are, there ought to be justice for everybody. Justice for the master and justice for the slave. Justice for those who are high and justice for those who are low. We don't leave out one group to do something for the other. If we're just, if we are the people of God, wherever we are, we want justice. When I was a boy, I was, I remember always wanting to defend uh, uh, th those who were picked on. Uh, I just, it was just something in me. I, I didn't try to be that way. I was just that way. And I remember one time um, uh, uh, seeing old Carl Dorsey, who was pretty big boy at that time. I saw him picking on a, a little guy, and I went up there and I challenged Carl because I thought the little guy and I could take care of him. And we were, we were kids. I thought the little guy and I could take care of him. But when I went up there and challenged Carl, because I just had this sense, I want, there should be justice. And the little guy ran. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm with Carl all by myself, you know. But sometimes, sometimes it's like that. You know, when you stand up for what is right, sometimes you are alone as far as the eye can see, but you're never alone because the Lord will stand up with you. Amen. He will stand up with you. Let's be the people that Jesus died for. I'm going to read this scripture because I'm, I'm about five minutes over what I thought I would share with you. You knew that I would be five minutes over, right? But, but I'm going to be done in maybe a couple of minutes. In Luke chapter 6, hmm, Verses 27. Well, let me read 43. Luke 6, 43. Turn to 43. It says, for, 
Maybe I'm, I'm in the wrong place. Is, I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong place. I, I, okay, what did I, what did I do wrong? Okay, I, I transposed something. So let me not go to that. Let's go to Luke 6, 27. Luke 6, 27. Are we there? Luke 6, 27. But I say to you who hear. Now listen, who God is talking to. He says, I say to you who hear. I say to you who hear. We have people who are hearing God tonight. He says, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Now, has anybody challenged yet? You know, you can be honest with God. If you're honest with God, God can work with you. But if you're dishonest with God, he can't work with you. I remember once, years ago, I said to the Lord, I said, I love so-and-so. This was many, many, many years ago, decades ago. There was this guy who was a, sort of a nuisance, a bit, pretty bad guy. And I said, I love him. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, no, you don't. And I said, I sure don't. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I said, help me to love him. I don't let this guy, the guy's vile, but help me to love him. He says, but I say, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, no, number one. Do good to those who hate you. Wow. Bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you. Mm -mm. Jesus, that's hard. It's hard when you have your own selfish agenda. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. So what Jesus is saying, when somebody smites you on, on one cheek, give them an opportunity to hit you on the other. He doesn't mean to say somebody comes up and smacks you. You go, well, take this one too. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying, right? He's not saying that. But he is saying to us that we can give them an opportunity. So if, I, if they smite me or say ugly things about me because I've done something good, keep doing that thing. That's what Jesus is saying to us. And from him who takes away your coat, do not withhold your tunic. Um, give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, do also uh, to them likewise. So Jesus is saying that you and I should be initiators of good, initiators of love. Then he says, but verse 32, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? So when you love the easy people, he says, Jesus says, you've done nothing. For even sinners love those who love them. So you have not even gone beyond sinners. You know, you can only love people who love you, only treat people well who treat you well. You have not gone far enough. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. We ought to be several notches above the sinners, those who don't have the life of God, those who don't have the Holy Spirit. And it will be required of us in this hour. We're not through. We have a little respite today. I feel respite, a respite, a little break. But we're not through. Bad times are going to be with us until the end. Now, that wasn't from an internet prophet. Now, listen what he says. And if you lend to those who, to whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend uh, to sinners to receive as much back. So what he's saying to the church is you have to go beyond that. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping, to, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And not only that, your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. 
for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. And that's the love of God expressed for fallen humanity. That is the love of God that is expressed for fallen humanity. That means that you and I should be the expression of the love of God for fallen humanity. Those who are mixed up and messed up, we ought to show them love. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'll be back in just a minute.